Welcome to The Mom Job. I'm your host, Stephanie Faldmo, and we're going to talk about the ups, downs, and upside downs of motherhood. Today, I'm talking with Gina Wilder. (laughs) I have my kiddo crying in the background. We're going to talk about adoption and interracial marriage and everything that goes along with it. Hey, Gina. Welcome to my podcast. Hello. Hey, Stephanie. <laughs> I still have the urge to call you Jersey. <laughs> Which is totally fine. A lot of my friends from college and then a couple of my friends from the beginning of our marriage still call me Jersey. Okay. Totally <laughs> Good. Well, I'll explain to the listeners so they understand why I want to call you Jersey because so Jersey and I were roommates like we just discovered 10 years ago, which makes us feel really old, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh, crazy. But anyway, it was because you lived in New Jersey, right? Is that what we called you that? Yeah. Yeah. So I lived in Jersey from the age of born. So I was born and then uh, up until 16 years old. And then I moved to Georgia. And so when I moved to Georgia, everyone called me Jersey. It stuck. It stuck. I know. It just kind of worked for you too. I don't know why. I was just like, Jersey, it's Jersey. But um, because I lived in New Jersey and no one would ever call me Jersey. It just doesn't work. (laughs) So cool. So I'm excited to have you on because like, I don't know. First of all, you're the. This is only my third podcast I've recorded so far for my show, and you have the most kids, so you win. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, so I, far, I, like I'm not planning on stopping anytime soon. <laughs> you love kids, huh? <laughs> I'm sure. I love. Well, I love being a mom. Maybe more than I love kids. I love being a mom. I love teaching my kids right from wrong. I love being a guy for my kids in their life. And so more than I love kids, because I really do love kids. I wouldn't obviously do that if I didn't. But I love being a mom and just being that role model for my kids. That is cool because obviously my podcast is about being a mom. And so the fact that you love your job as a mom just makes it that much better. And she has four kids, by the way. So it's not like you have a litter of kids yet not like 10 kids running around but (laughs) it's not i mean i feel like in the world today it's not that common to even have four you know so when i had two i had two for the longest time and it was really weird because i would tell people yeah we're planning having a few more and they would be like why you have the perfect family you have one boy one girl (laughs) why add any more and i just look at them as like because they're so dang cute, why would I stop? What kind of idiot am I? Stopping the world from having it's cute so kids true. who are going to end up being cute adults and making more cute babies. I'm just trying to help the world. You're like, I got cute jeans, so I got to push the cute jeans out into the world. They're so cute. Like, oh my gosh, their cheeks and just like, uh. So, okay, before we jump too much more into what are your kids' names and ages? All right, so my oldest is... Elijah, he is five. And then the next one is Delilah, she is four. Then we have Clarity, she is four. And then we have Jemima, she is 15 months. So this could show you how black I am, kind of. Um, all my biological kids are, they, all their names rhyme. And so I basically did that purposely. So if I ever wanted to like throw a rap or like shoot them, like just Sometimes I wanted to get some other mom, like, under the skin, and we had to, like, battle or something. I could just name my kids, and they would all rhyme. So I did that on purpose. You um, automatically used that, it for, you automatically named your kids oh, so you yeah. could rap accordingly. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Why I have kids, you know, if you can't use them in a 
<laughs> well, I'm glad you're having fun with your kids' names and their adorable names. And so it just works. <laughs> and so I need to think about that now, too, because I only have one. My name's Callie. So now I have to rhyme with Callie for the rest of my children from here on out. <laughs> exactly. I just always think, like, I mean, I. I guess this may be the worst example, but growing up, I was like those families that had their kids had some kind of something that showed that they were part of the family. So there would be like all the names that started with a J, or or all of them would have like also not only do my kids' names rhyme, but all have Y in it. So I like mm. to show some way as a way that they're all part of a family. That's really cute. I love that. That's awesome. Well, okay, so then, and your husband's name is Drew, right? It doesn't really okay. match, but it yeah. works. <laughs> but you're talking about the kids, not the husband. I get it. You can't change his name. You could try, but. <laughs> yeah, I can. What is the story of you and your husband? Oh, it's actually really, I make fun of him, but it's, so I've known him since I was 15 years old. We met at EFY, which I don't know if you, for anyone who isn't listening, it's like a church camp for mm-hmm. the youth, and it's um, run by the LDS Church, and uh, we, I, it was the one and only time I ever went to this church camp, and we were each other's cows, so it's the pressure of the week, because the camp is only for a week, <laughs> and he was really interested in me, and I was really interested in him. We have these little pamphlet, church pamphlet, like, camp books. We put his number in the back of my book, and of course, when I got home, I tried to call him, and my husband has divorced global writing that I could not make out his number. And so I tried every good combination I could think of, and it kind of worked. Then I even tried, like, his email, which I don't know why he never saw my email, but I tried to plan a whole Six Lives group to go to Six Lives, and he never came, or he never responded to say he was going to change come. So I was like, careful, I was like, forget this. If he ain't coming, I don't need to anybody else from camp. So, like, he's not coming, forget this. So three years go by, and I don't care for him, and he kind of, like, he kind of leaves my mind. Like, every once in a while, I think about him, look at pictures that from uh, DFY, but never, never, like, I mean, nothing gets to be happened of it, because I didn't have a number, and there's no way to contact him. Mm-hmm. Well, I was about, it was like my first year at BYU, Idaho, and he finds me on Facebook, <laughs> and yeah, so but three years later, he finds me on Facebook, he adds me, and we start chatting. And then from then on, every year on my birthday, and then and then from then on, like, every three to four months, he was just called to check up on me. Like, literally just a call to check up on me. <laughs> Sometimes he would come and visit. Uh, he would drive from Alabama, because that's where he was from. Uh, he would drive from Alabama, coming out with me and my friends. Um, there were times we would just play video games or we'd go do something crazy. But for the most part, like, he was just there on the sidelines waiting for me not to date someone. Because <laughs> it was really sad when finding out all this when we got, we got engaged. Because I guess that was the time we felt like, okay, I've got her. There's no way she's going to for me now. And so he, like, called us, yeah, basically I called just to make sure you were dating someone because you were always dating someone. <laughs> And so, uh, one year, uh, so we, we've known each other for about five, six years on and off and on, like him calling and everything. Well, one year I went to some pest control in Arizona. I drove with all my friends from Georgia. We all pest control, but they all decided to stay out west and I needed to go back home. 
people from Jubal would call on my birthday. That year, he called on my birthday. And I was complaining because I didn't have anyone to drive back with me because I had a manual car. And I was a girl, and I didn't want to drive across country by myself. Mm-hmm. So he just said, I'll drive with you. And at that time, he was living in Oshikolo, working on the oil field. And I just thought, I was like, whatever. There's no way he's going to drive with me. He's just saying that. Like, this is not interesting. The only guy who would do something like that is like, he's really interested in me. <laughs> well, the very next day, he called. And he's like, hey, uh, what, day be, what day do I need off? I'm, you know, trying to plan this. And so, I freaked out. So my friends, they told me that there's no way that this guy would do something like this if he wasn't interested. So, we started in Arizona. And by the time we were in Texas, he told me he had to come up to me. By the time we got to uh, Baton Rouge, uh, we had our first kiss. So by the time we got to Georgia, we were dating. Wow. So from there, yeah. So is it, I mean, is it pretty crazy story because he's been a friend for so long. <laughs> well, that's adorable. And then, of course, you had adorable children because you got married and you had the world's cutest children, as you said. Um, and yeah. so <laughs> I love that. Um, back to your kids for a second. I know you also have really fun nicknames for your kids since they are interracial because your husband is white and you're black. So yeah. what are your what are those fun nicknames that you have for them? So like you said, we're we're an interracial couple and um, we don't find out the sex of our kids before they're born. Oh. And so a way to kind of connect with our kids, because you can't say it the whole time. So I just thought, hey, would it be cute to name them after black and white animal? <laughs> so Elijah is Panda, Delilah is Badger, Clarity, since uh, um, we are adopting her, we call her White Tiger, and then our youngest is Cow. I love that. It's so cute. And then do you still call them so those nicknames just, a lot? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then on social media, because I guess I'm one of those moms that are really afraid of. I don't know, I'm going to snatch up my kids from out of nowhere. But like, oh, these are two kids. Let me just snatch them up. So I use, social, I use those names on social media. It's just like, I guess maybe a buffer. I don't know if it really works, but it makes me feel better. I've been like inside. So mm-hmm. instead of using their real names, I'll just say Panda. I love it. It's so cute. Like it's And it's so clever for you guys to do that. And I love that you did it. I didn't know that you did it because of not finding out the gender. So that's really cute too that you're able to like connect even though you didn't know if they're a boy or a girl but you have these little nicknames and then now growing up they have these cute nicknames which is so sweet. I love that. So because you have an interracial family and you live in Georgia of course I have to ask you what is that like having an interracial family in the South? Oh. There are uh, honestly there are good and bad things. Um, I mean I would like to say things are completely changed and that I don't have to even notice. Mm-hmm. But we lived in Alabama for most of our marriage. So we've been married six years and I would say about three to four of those years we were living in Alabama. And I thought that was the hardest place to raise our children because in reality, there are still people who still feel like a person like me and Drew shouldn't be married, and then definitely, if we shouldn't be married, we definitely shouldn't be procreating having children. Mm-hmm. And so, you can definitely feel that there are people who don't agree with the decisions that we've made, and so that's really hard. And it's one of the reasons why we decided to move to Georgia, just because, not to say that 
think it was a lot better, but it is a lot better than it was when we lived out here. Mm-hmm. We live about 30 to 40 minutes outside of Atlanta, yeah, and it's really diverse, so we see a lot less of what we saw in Alabama. But it's everywhere. I mean, especially in the South, it's everywhere. We have people who, um, I mean, I remember being pregnant and walking around with your first year of marriage, and you would catch people just staring at you, or you hear people say some things underneath their breath. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be married as long as we have. We, I don't know if I'm just used to it, but I hear it a lot less, or I just don't care to hear it. Um, I kind of ignore it a little bit more, but it's there. Mm-hmm. And, um, as the reason why we moved to um, Atlanta, or the, you know, cities outside of Atlanta, was just because I wanted an area where it was a lot more diverse, but I don't want my kids to be completely hidden from it, mm-hmm. because there's going to come to a point where it's, it's not something that they can run away from. It's, it's who you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like you're going to be living underneath, you know, people cover bags or like you're, mm-hmm. when people look at you, the first thing they see is your skin color. But not always. There are people who don't see that, but right. it's just who you are. And mm-hmm. so I wanted I, will, I guess I would just want my kids to know who they are, but up to be proud of who they are. And and I guess, you know, living in the South is, isn't the worst thing, but I just, oh, I'm still like I'm carrying out. She's saying this, but I want my kids to be strong, independent people, and that when things are tough and people may not like you, they may not like who you are, to learn that not everyone's going to like you and just, I have I just realized that there are people who have different opinions who just say those those people aren't for me and they should they don't need to be my friend and I don't need to be validated by them. Mm-hmm. And so it's just what I wanted to think that learned about living in the South. It is a beautiful place. There are people who are very accepting of us. It's not bad at all. It's not all bad I guess. Mm-hmm. Not, I guess, but I know it's not all bad. But it is what it is and I'm just trying to show my children who they are and and then it makes it a little bit more difficult to live in the top, but I'm glad that we are here, and I'm glad that I can move that kids here. Yeah, and that's awesome that you're raising them to be strong and know that, like, people are going to be different than them, too, and they're not going to maybe be nice about their race or their lifestyle, whatever it may be, but that they can just say, you know what, it's fine. I don't have to associate with those people. I'm going to, you know, be friends with people that love me and, and accept me and everything. And I think that's a great attitude you have to of not sheltering them, I guess, too much from the yeah. the harsh reality of the world that sometimes there is, you know, like even, you know, all of all of us that have kids know that we want to like keep them hidden and safe for as long as possible. But we do have to teach them too, just teach them what's right and wrong, like you said, and what's not okay and what's okay and how to be strong. So I love that you shared that. So thanks. That's, that's good information to know. And that's good advice for other parents as well. Talking about your kids again, then. So you have your three kids um, with your husband, and then Clarity, you're adopting. Yes. Yes. What made you decide to adopt? When my husband and I got married, uh, it was kind of not. It was like an unspoken. Yep, we want to adopt. We have this feeling like we we have this feeling that there's a child out there. That's not going to be that won't come from us. That will be meant for us. When Clarity came along, um, which is a crazy story in itself, 
But when Perry came along, it was kind of like a, oh, you're the kid that we've been dreaming and thinking and know that was going to come to our family. Mm-hmm. But you're her. Okay, hi. Okay, let's go. Like, mm-hmm. I'm happy you're here, finally. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm happy that join our family and that I love you love on you because there's no way that I'm going to put all my love in you and you not be mine forever. So. How long ago did you meet Clarity? So we've known Clarity all of our lives. Mm-hmm. She's actually a family member. Uh, she's our niece, actually. And uh, so I've known her all of her life. I, before she came into our family, I probably have met her twice. Mm-hmm. Her uh, biological parents live in North Dakota. Her, both of her parents are incarcerated for uh, murder. And she was kind of bouncing around from, I guess, foster home, foster home, things like different, but not really foster home. She had been with the guardian item, some family members, but no one really stable for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And it was really rough on her. And then she was with grandparents, and uh, uh, she was about to be sent back to uh, another foster home, kind of. And she and I were just like, well, oh, this is. Uh, this is the situation we feel like we've kind of been waiting for. This is the kid that we were waiting for. Um, we, she needs to come with us. And so we uh, called the mom and we asked her to send us some papers that we need to sign so that she can stay with us for the time being, the time being until her sentencing would be uh, kind of until her sentencing and then uh, we obviously fell in love with her, and we are doing things for a minute. So this week, actually, we get guardianship of her, and then from a year and a half from now, we get her adoption. It's a crazy story, and um, I kind of, in some ways, I do feel a sorrow for everything that Katie's going to have to hear when she gets older, because mm-hmm. of everything that's happened with her family, but I'm... I guess it's like finding the silver lining and the whole story is just, I'm just grateful that she's getting to join our family because she's definitely like someone that we knew that she needed to be in our family to complete it. That is just, it's awesome. And how have your kids adjusted to having her as like their new sister? Oh, well, hard. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, Anyone who's gone through maybe something similar to mine, mm-hmm. like, uh, well, they can, like, they'll tell you they're happy and they are happy. Mm-hmm. I, I know. I was, I am so happy. But it's hard. This, I mean, you're, you're bringing in someone who doesn't know your character, like, doesn't know anything about your family, how it's going, mm-hmm. doesn't know my quirks, doesn't know my husband's quirks, doesn't know my kids' quirks. And then you're just dropping in on my family and then expecting everything to go fine. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't. Um, she had a lot of things that she, obviously, losing two parents suddenly, uh, and then not even being bounced around a little bit for a couple months. It was really hard for her. It was really hard for my kids because my kid, when she joined our family, my youngest was about eight, nine months old. Mm-hmm. And so we had just, I mean, they knew that. My biological older kids had time to understand that there was a new person coming to our family. They had nine months to understand that. Mm-hmm. While Clarity is just, you know, realizing like, hey, there's Clarity. She needs us. 
she's supposed to be with our family. All right, let's go. We didn't really get have enough time to parent our kids mm-hmm. about what was happening. And so, I mean, I wish we would have, but it was what it was. Mm-hmm. And so she just talked to our family one day. My daughter shared a room with her, Delilah shared a room with her for the longest time. So we thought it'd be cool for them to share a room in our minds, but maybe we should have made sure that we asked Delilah her permission in a way. Because mm-hmm. obviously, I, in my view, this is my house, that room, Delilah, that's my room, I'm letting you share it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's my room, and I still believe that, so, so I need to re- obviously respect my daughter. Mm-hmm. And realize that she's a little person with her own views and her own thoughts. And it was really hard on her, so we had to separate them. So it was really tough for a little bit, but now it's a lot better. So we're just trying to do whatever we can. So it was hard. Yeah. That's all I can say. It was hard. And it's so hard on some days because there are days that she regresses where she'll just be emotional and there's nothing you can do. And she'll just cry. Mm-hmm. And so there are days where she wakes up crying and we have the expression, okay, it's okay, you know, um, your mom, she's not here right now, but if you really want to, um, like mommy's here, like me, I'm here, but if you want to talk to your other mommy, we can plan a way where we can call, mm-hmm. um, but there's just, I don't know, it's just, it's hard, we're still going to be working on it for the next couple of days, weeks, and years, but it's so hard that I want to work through with clarity, so. That's amazing that you're willing to work through that and that you're still thoughtful when it comes to your your children, like your biological children. Because like you said, even though you're really excited about adopting her and your kids will love having her in the family, but it's an adjustment and it will be an adjustment for a while. And you're willing to be like, okay, I understand that, you know, my daughter needs her space. She can't just jump into this you know, and be okay. And then you're just willing to work with clarity. Cause I'm sure, like you said, her struggles emotionally, even being like a four-year-old still like her emotions are just, I'm sure really hard to understand even for her. And so that you're willing to be patient and like understand. And obviously her situation is so unique too, that you're just that you're willing to be like, yeah, we can work out a way to talk to your mom. And like, you're still willing to like, because I feel like that would be really hard as an adoptive parent to know that where her parents are and how to let her keep communicating while you still want to be like, well, I'm your mommy too, kind of thing, you know? Yeah. But you're okay. willing to like share your heart that way. And I think that's amazing. What advice do you have for those wanting to adopt? Oh, oh this is such a positive in this weird way, it's just prepare yourself mentally for the things that aren't. Like the ones that, I guess, prepare yourself mentally for things that you can't prepare yourself for. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be hard. There are days where you are like, why am I doing this? And then, and then something happens. Like, I noticed that, um, Clarity was able to walk up the stairs. Because she has some um, some physical disability, mm-hmm. and she's able to walk up the stairs normally. And I was just like, "Oh, okay, I'm so happy to see that." Mm-hmm. So just prepare yourself for things that you can't prepare yourself for. And I know that sounds weird, but it's the best way you can just prepare yourself because there are going to be days that are hard, 
and going through like, I signed up myself for this, why did I do it? Mm-hmm. And then you remember, you see her do something, or you maybe read a journal entry about why you want to adopt, and then all those feelings come right back. And then you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing. All right, go give her a hug, give my kids a hug, and let's get the rest of the day going. Thank you for sharing that. Um, to close off my podcast, I always ask the same three questions so I can get, you know, different feedback from each mom about these things. And so it varies a lot depending on the mom. So I'll be interested to hear what you have to say. Um, so the first question is, what is the hardest part of the mom job? The hardest part of a mom job is you remember to put yourself first. Mm. And that your kids cannot thrive and be happy if mommy's not happy. And so if you need to take a day off from your kids and your husband's telling you, hey, go get your hair done or go to the store, go for a walk, don't do it. Don't be worried, but don't worry about your husband watching the kids for a couple of hours. But I promise you, like I've done it. Mm-hmm. I promise you, they will be alive. Mm-hmm. They might have a little extra candy or juice. <laughs> Or they might end up with peanut butter and jelly for dinner, but they'll be okay. Mm-hmm. So take time for yourself because there's no way, there's no absolute way that your kid can know what happiness is because you're their first role model. And so if you can't show them what happiness is, then how are they supposed to know? Yeah, for sure. I'm like totally 100% agree with that because when I first had my daughter, I was like, I wasn't scared to leave her at home by with my husband or with someone else, but I was just kind of like, I don't need to. Yeah. Okay. Maybe a little scared, (laughs) but also just like, I don't need to. It's fine. I don't want to be selfish, but it's not selfish. It's important because like I started getting really exhausted and my husband would be like, take a nap. I'm like, no, no, it's fine. I would, and I don't know why. Cause looking back now, I'm like, my husband didn't work full time. I would take naps every day. (laughs) So yeah, I love that. 100% agree. So the second question is, what is the best part of the mom job? Part of the long job is watching my kids be independent. I don't know why, as a teacher, that's one of like the growing independent children in the world. Like, you are children that become independent adults. Mm-hmm. And so it makes me so happy when my kids are like, nah, mom, I got this. I love that. And I think. Yeah, I'm excited for the day when my toddler like finally does a few things on her own. <laughs> but I totally agree. It's I think it's cool when they start, you're like, oh, they're it starts with like they're walking, they're talking, they're learning, you know, and then uh-huh. they then they start doing all these things by themselves and you're like, Oh, I did that. I taught them that. <laughs> the last question is what is a piece of advice you have for other moms, future moms, or women in general? Uh-huh. Uh, I guess that's two advice, and I have learned this from other moms, older moms. And the first one is, don't let your kids' schedule dictate your life. Mm-hmm. Um, when, we, when we first had uh, Panda, it would be nighttime, and obviously it would be his bedtime. And we'd say, well, we have to leave because Elijah. And they, um, my friend Cynthia, she looked at me and like, no, 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 no. He does not rule your life. If you want to leave, I'm okay with you leaving. But you don't have to leave because he, he's a kid. You are the parent. You make the decision. 
And the other advice, which is make sure you take time to connect with your husband and to take trips with your husband. Um, as moms, I feel like we are so worried about leaving our kids, even with people we trust, just because they're moms. Like, you always feel like, the only person who's going to love my kid as much as me is me. And so, we spent the first three years of our marriage without going on dates. It was really rough on us, mm-hmm. I feel like. And so, when we finally got that advice, we started taking trips. And now we do, like, yearly trips. We do a trip, just a couple trips, and then we take trips with our kids. It's been the best thing ever, because being able to reconnect with our husband during that three or four days or eight days, however long we take our vacation, has been nice, because you do need that time to reconnect and realize why you're married. But being able to connect when we come back, it shows our kids that we love each other, that we actually want to spend time with each other. Yeah, that's really great. I know I was the same way, like I said earlier. It was hard for me to even leave my daughter with anyone. But yeah, you have to overcome that and have that time with your spouse because your spouse should come before your kids. You know, without them, you wouldn't have your kids. And without them, you wouldn't have the strength (laughs) probably to take care of your kids. So I think that's really important. And I love that you said even just like yearly trips. Like I think that's a really smart thing to do because date nights are really important and we should be doing date nights too. But I think taking like Uh those days out, like a few days or even more if you can, to go somewhere and be away from your kids not only allows you to connect with your spouse, but also allows your kids to miss you guys a little bit. And with them just like doing anything and everything to drive you nuts, mm-hmm. you need to miss your kids too. So That's I think true. It's, a, it's, it's a vice versa thing. Not only do they get to miss you, you get to miss them and like, oh yeah, this is, I want to still be a mom. I miss them. But after a couple of weeks, of course, you, you know, you're back to, ah, okay, <laughs> we got this. But in those few, you know, in those few short days or weeks, you're totally loving on your kids and realizing how much you love being a mom. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for chatting and thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> it's been really awesome. Mm-hmm.